Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer request, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. So today, I want to get back into the Word. We want to finish off our series. It's entitled Called to One. Someone say Called to One. I'm going to come at you from a few different angles this morning. Sometimes you are the one in the crowd. Sometimes you're looking for the one in the crowd. But once again, I must reiterate this, everyone is important. Someone say everyone. If Jesus died for all, then he died for one, didn't he? He died for everybody. So let's go to Luke 5.18. I love this story. I love a good story in Scripture. Just some of the most amazing stories in history. The most amazing stories in history. Luke 5.18. I want to just say just a, a quick word of prayer after I read through this text, if I remember, because I'm going to start getting excited, okay? So let's, let's read this text real quick, and then we're going to talk about it. Some men, someone say some men. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. We don't know if they were friends, family, what. They tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they couldn't reach him because of what? Why? Because of the crowd. They couldn't quite reach him. So they went up to the roof and took off some tiles. I love this. Then they lowered the sick man on his mat down into the crowd right in front of of Jesus. Now, we know Jesus was all God, but he was all man. So that must have been astounding where these guys even calculated where in the roof to break through to lower him down. Right in the middle of the service. They were in a building. They were in a little house. So that was incredible. And how many of you know, well, Pastor Jen's been to Egypt. There's a press of the crowds. People have different personal space in other countries. And I bet it was jam-packed in there. Jesus was in the house. So they lower this guy down. Probably had to, people probably had to move out of the way because all of a sudden ceiling tiles were removed and this guy is being lowered down right in front of Jesus. <laughs> Let's keep going. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, young man, this is very unique. This is very, very different, unusual. He said, young man, your sins are forgiven. Would you all hold on to whatever's making that noise, please? Thank you. Thanks so much. But the Pharisees and teachers of religious law said to themselves, who does he think he is? That's blasphemy. Of course, there's always people in the crowd talking trash. Have you ever noticed that? No matter what you do, if it's good or whatever, you say good, bad, there's somebody with a comment. My mom used to call, you know, I always had comments growing up. John and Lane would be getting in trouble or whatever, and I'm just kind of mouthy, and I'd be talking, and mom would go, babe, no comments from the peanut gallery. I guess she was calling me a peanut head. Who does he think he is? That's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. They didn't believe Jesus was God. Jesus knew what they were thinking, so he asked them, why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. Verse 25, and immediately, someone say immediately, as everyone watched, the man jumped up, picked up his mat, and went home praising God. <laughs> that is a powerful, powerful, powerful thing. Everyone was gripped with great wonder and awe, and they praised God, exclaiming, we have seen amazing things today. There's those in the crowd that understand it and those who don't get it. There were those that said, this is amazing. We are completely 
completely amazed. So I want to talk to you about a few things that really stood out to me in this story. But let's pray together real quick one more time. I have a habit of saying real quick, but we will, we will pray not too quick. Father, we thank you this morning. Thank you for your people in this house. I thank you for the word and a timely word, not because I've come up with it, but because it's your word. I couldn't come up with this amazing stuff. This is your word. Speak to your people. Minister to your people. I thank you for the word from Pastor Jen this morning. I thank you for, for the worship team and the high praises of God in their mouths and how they led us in worship today. And, Lord, I thank you for this timely word. We give you glory. Let it fall on good ground. In Jesus' name. Somebody said amen. So one of the first things I noticed in this story is tenacity. Someone say tenacity. Just won't give up. Just won't give up. Verses 18 and 19, it says, The men were carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. They tried to take him inside to Jesus. They couldn't reach him because of the crowd. Verse 19, So they went up to the roof and took off some tiles. Then they lowered the sick man. They lowered him. They lowered the sick man right on his mat, down to the crowd, right in front of Jesus. So he was on his mat, down into the crowd, right in front of Jesus. They didn't care who they offended that day. They were tenacious. This guy mattered, didn't he? We don't know if this guy had put these guys up to it. We don't know if they were, you know, you know how it is sometimes someone says, man, you want it more than someone? You say, no, I'm taking you to church. You're going. If i got to drag you by your hair, you're going with me. Or you're going to that meeting or you're going to the women's event. You're going to the men's event. Whatever it is, you're coming with me. We don't know the background to that story, who put who up to that. We don't know if the guy told his family, his brothers, his friends, and said, you're taking me, and you're going to find a way. I can't walk, but you're going to find a way. But they lowered this man down in front of Jesus right into the crowd while he's still on his mat. So his story, his need, his life, wow, it all mattered, didn't it? I need you to know that your life matters today, but so do the people that you're called to. So does the person, someone say the person. The person you're called to. Who are you called to? Some of you know right offhand this morning. Some of you, God's been laying it on your heart. There's a guy that maybe he's asking for money outside your job or nearby. You know you need to talk to him about the Lord. It's time this week. I believe the Spirit of God is telling you right now, it's time to reach out. Get out of your comfort zone. Get out of your box. Get out of your walls and talk to them. Invite them to church. Just say, man, come with me. You can sit with me. Who cares how they smell? Who cares how they look? God's calling you to somebody. Calling you to the one. Someone say, called to the one. That's right. You're called to one. So this guy mattered. His story, his life, his need. And then we see he and his friends' relentlessness. Because he mattered so much, either he was relentless, they were relentless, all of them were relentless. We don't know, but they wouldn't give up. They wouldn't stop. And all of a sudden, he's down in front of Jesus for a miracle. Now, I don't know if you know what tenacity is. Do you know someone or something that is tenacious? Let me talk to you about some, some people and maybe an animal that is tenacious. We have a puppy. His name is Crew. I walk him every morning. He's seven months old, and boy, he is a seven-month-old. He's over 63 pounds now, and he is something. He's strong and energetic, and he's big. And we'll be walking sometimes, and even though he's in trouble with me, and he knows he's in trouble with me, and people are driving by probably thinking we're both crazy. But he's trying, he decides he wants to play tug-of-war, and I don't know if it's because he gets frustrated, he gets bored with just walking, but he's tenaciously pulling that thing. And man, this morning I finally got him on his nose, and he stopped, and he relaxed. But then a little later he was just more gentle, and he was still trying to do it anyway. That's tenacity. 
It means I've got to push through. I've got to do this for some reason. One of the most tenacious people I've ever met now is my wife, though. I'm not going to embarrass her for too long. And I warned her this was coming, so baby, just buckle up. No, it's not going to be anything crazy. But I love this about my wife because I'm tenacious about some things. Really. You can watch me and my brother play sports. Man, we're, we're not the biggest guys on the court, but, man, we are tenacious. We play tenacious defense. If it's basketball, I've always said this about my brother. He plays like everything's the championship of the universe. Everything. 21, tip out, tip in, whatever you want to call it. Tenacious. Man, you guys have played with Jonathan. You play with me. We're tenacious, especially Jonathan. But I've watched my wife just in life, and there'll be times she goes, we need to get this done. And I go, man, I don't know how to do that. You can say it's a lazy streak, it's a whatever, but my mind does, just doesn't always work that way. And she'll prod me on and go, well, what about this? What about that? And sometimes we'll hit a lot of walls trying to figure out something, trying to get something fixed, trying to get something done. And she's like, no, there's got to be a way. There's got to be a way. And I feel like that day they were like my wife going, no, we've got to get him to Jesus. We've got to get him to Jesus. And I know that Jesus saw these points that I'm bringing up today. He saw their tenacity because it's going to tie into something else in a minute that we're going to discuss. He saw their tenacity. He was amazed. Here he is right in front of Jesus all of a sudden. And I've watched that in my wife over the years. Man, going through battles, going through things. And Jen would go, wait, how can we do this? How can we take care of this? How, how, how? And I think sometimes my wife doesn't understand when others are, around her aren't as tenacious as her. Really? Because there's stuff, I, I mean, let me, just, let me just confess my sins. Can I confess my sins to you today? She had a great birthday, and many of you made it a great birthday for her, and I helped it, to make it a great birthday. But there are some things she asked, asked for that I couldn't get done because I was not tenacious enough. Now, it's still going to get done eventually. But I just wasn't tenacious enough. And I think Jen doesn't understand it when people aren't tenacious enough. I have to be careful what I ask for my birthday because she will go do it. She'll go climb to the ship, and she just might climb up there. I don't know. If it's physically, humanly impossible, and with God's help, she'll go get it done because she has tenacity. That reminds me of this group of people, these guys and their buddy, whoever he was, they lowered him down to Jesus, and Jesus saw it. He saw their tenacity. Don't you dare give up. Someone was invited to give a commencement address, and they walked up there. I don't remember who it was. And that was the entirety of his commencement address. He walked up and he said, never, 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 ever, never, 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 ever, ever, ever give up. And that was his speech. He told the whole crowd that. And I tell you that today. In the midst of it, you say, man, I feel like throwing my hands up in despair. Instead, throw your hands up in prayer and glory to God. You say, man, I can't do this. Well, while your hands are up there frustrated, just go ahead and praise him. Really, they're already up there. You've done it. Oh, my gosh. Well, okay, praise God. Just pray. Oh, I can't do it. Okay, they're already up. God, give you glory, Lord. I don't know how I'm going to make it. That's for somebody this morning. You be tenacious. You hold on and you don't give up. You don't give up. Look at verse 20. He saw their tenacity and it's tied into this. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, young man, your sins are forgiven. He saw their faith. Your faith is manifest to a point that others see it. Can you imagine the Son of God going, wow, this is faith. Remember, Jesus talked about faith and he talked about three types. He talked about great faith. You ever read through the Gospels, right? 
He said, great is your faith. He saw their faith, great faith. He talked about little faith, and then he said he talked about no faith. So great faith, little faith, and no faith. And he saw, I believe, that day. He didn't say it exactly. He saw their faith, and it was great faith. Now, I need to tell you something that you need to realize about God. You're praying according to God's will for your healing, like Pastor Jen was praying this morning. Did you know God wants to heal you? He did it at the cross already. We just got to receive it in the, spirit, in, the, in, the, in the physical. It's already happened in the spiritual realm. We got to let it manifest in the physical. So God wants, he wants to hear you. He hears you. He wants to take care of you. He wants to do it. Someone say he wants to do it. So he wants to, and now we also know that he can do it, right? He wants to, he can, and here's the third thing you need to get to. This is true faith, is he will do it. He wants to, he can, and he will, and you need to know all three things when you're believing. You know what faith is many times? Faith is tied into your tenacity. It's tied into you not letting go. It's tied into you not giving up. It's tied into you not just walking away saying, I can't do this anymore. Some of your greatest heroes in and out of church circles came to a point in their life where they said, I don't know how I'm going to be able to do this anymore. I'm reading a book by Jensen Franklin, and it's called Love Like You've Never Been Hurt Before. I'm reading a couple of books, a Jensen Franklin book and a Kenneth Hagin book. And Jensen Franklin, it, it just touched my heart and broke my heart this morning because I was reading after I'd read the word, and he said so many times I would get to the back room before I came out to preach, and there's his stage is hundreds and thousands of people. And he said, I would tell the Lord, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I can't do this. But I want to tell you something this morning. This is Jensen Franklin. You may or may not know he is one of my favorite preachers. I've been to those places and those times, even recently, where I said, Lord, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. I don't know who this is speaking to this morning, but God says you can because he can. God says you will because he will. You want to get through it, you're going to make it. You're going to get through this. Some of you are in what looks seemingly impossible. But God says I'm going to honor your faith because I promised to. Did you know if you believe all things are possible to those that believe? All things. Someone say all things. I'll say some things. No, according to God's will. You're praying according to God's will. All things are possible. He wants to, he can, and he will. That just ministers to my heart because faith is I'm not giving up. Faith is I will keep moving forward. Faith is today's a tough day. This afternoon will be better. Tomorrow will be better. Say, oh, you woke up. And you say, it's still tough. <laughs> Later on it's going to be better. It's going to keep getting better. You will see. Someone say, this year God answers my prayers. Say, this is my year. You know, COVID 2020 took the wind out of some people's sails. You guys remember that? This is my year. And all of a sudden it was locked down. My year to stay home, this is crazy. Wear a mask, all this crazy stuff. No, this is your time and this is your season. And now this is your moment. This is your time. This is your season. And now I prophesy to you in Jesus' name, this is your moment. How many of you need a moment of breakthrough in your life? How many of you need a moment where God just really comes through? He always does. And remember, when he comes through, he does stuff that you couldn't do in a million years. So I say to you, believe. 
We got tenacity. We got faith. These are the things that Jesus saw that day. He saw their tenacity. He saw their faith. Let's go to verse 24. I love this point. Maybe we'll have fun with it. Let's see how it goes. Jesus said, so I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. He got to that point after people in the crowd were talking trash. You ever heard trash talkers? And it's been overused, but some of you call them haters. I saw a guy, he's got a license plate or something on his car. Most hated. I don't know what that means. That's not confessing favor, is it? Somebody help me. God's given me favor, but I'm the most hated as well. I guess you're favored or the most hated. I remember a guy back in the day. Do you guys remember the XFL when it came out for like one season? Do you guys remember that? The Extreme Football League? One of the, I guess you could put whatever name you wanted on your jersey. And a guy had on the back of his jersey, he hate me. He hate me. I don't, I don't get that. Well, you know what? There's always going to be what you would call haters. The proverbial naysayers. But I love this because Jesus looked right past the crowds to the one. He said, I'm going to prove to you that all of this is nonsense. I'm going to show you my authority and my strength. Pick up your mat. You're healed. Pick up your mat and go home. I'm going to show you I have authority to do whatever I do. You got to see beyond the crowds. Go ahead. Put that up there. Beyond the crowds. You got to see the one beyond the crowds. And if you're in the crowd, you need to see beyond the crowd too. It goes both ways. Sometimes you're in the crowd, you can't see what God has planned and promised because of all the junk going on. What goes on in a crowd? Noise. You ever been in a crowd, you can't hear yourself think. People are talking and they're gossiping and they're talking trash. There's distractions, naysayers, complainers, people who are jealous, criticizers. Man, there's opinions. Do you guys remember Aesop's fables? I may not be saying it right, but there was a, in Aesop's fables, I'm reminded of that. There was a guy and his son, and I guess they had a mule or a donkey, and, and no matter what they did, everyone had an opinion about them. They were traveling. At one point, the dad was on the mule or donkey traveling or horse, whatever it was, and the boy was walking, and people say, hey, what's wrong with you as a father? You need to put your son up there. So he put his son up there, and then people said, hey, kid, what's wrong with you? You took your dad down, and he's, he's walking. He should be up there. And then somebody else said, you should both be walking. Why are you burdening that animal? Everyone has an opinion. No matter what you do, there's a comment. You need to look beyond the crowds. Because there's a lot of stuff that people say that is absolute foolishness. If it's not according to God's word, if it's critical, if it's complaining, if it's jealous, if it's just hateful, they're just talking. And the crowd is always doing this. The crowd is always talking. Opinions are like your nose. Everyone has one. Really. I was going to say hair, but that, that would be a false statement right now. For a couple of us in this room at least. There's always an opinion. Oh, you shouldn't do it. Hey, that's fine, but you need, if you're in the crowd looking for God. You're the one, or you're looking for the one in the crowd. You need to look beyond the crowd to the one. And if you are in the crowd, you're looking to the one, to Jesus himself, and say, I need my miracle today. I love what Pastor Jen was saying, because your time is now. She's talking about healing. Everything you receive from God is based on faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. 
We're going to talk more about that this next month in the new series. But look beyond the crowds. Someone say beyond the crowds. Mm -hmm. Don't be distracted. Don't be bogged down. Man, I've heard such crazy stuff. And people shout out crazy stuff, not just at sporting events, but people have opinions. And they say some wild stuff. I have a relative that over the years, he has said some of the most crazy, off-color things that I've ever heard. And he always feels so bad, but it's almost like he can't control himself. Just say some crazy thing. Then he's like, oh, I'm sorry. You know, what? To get his mind renewed. Just saying crazy stuff. You don't base anything on what people are saying. You accept God's wisdom and you go in tenacity and faith and you look beyond the crowd. Don't get into the crowd and get lost when you're looking for God's miracle. Don't get into the crowd and, and get lost when you're looking for the one that God has called you to. Because there's always somebody. Let me say that again this morning. There's somebody God has placed in your life, in your sphere of influence, that needs to hear the word and needs to hear the truth. And you've got it. You know what the gospel is? The gospel means good news. Someone say good news. Uh -huh. You've got the key. You've got the cure. You've got the answer and the solution. So it's time to look beyond the crowds. That goes both ways when you're called to one. Tenacity, faith. Now see beyond the crowds, whether you're in the crowd or you're reaching out to someone in the crowd. Now let's go to verse 25 and 26. And immediately, as everyone watched, the man jumped up. I imagine. Jesus told him. I bet that man felt it. I don't know if he just stood up by faith or he was really feeling some crazy thing. But the man jumped up picked up his mat, and he went home praising God. Wow. And everyone was gripped with great wonder and awe, and they praised God, exclaiming, we have seen amazing things today. We've seen amazing things. You know what I believe? When you have tenacity, and you're walking in faith, and you're looking and living beyond the crowds and all the distractions, you will see what Jesus saw that day and what the others saw. And that is point four, a unique miracle. How many of you need a miracle today? Let me see your hands in this house. We're going to pray about that at the end of the service. Just about everybody needs a miracle with something. Finances, a relationship, uh, a job, something. You need a unique miracle. Just what you need, exactly what you need. It's tailor-made and customized for you. Just what you need, just what I need. And God has this waiting for everybody. God has this waiting for the one. Don't you forget that. A unique miracle. And I need to say this this morning. In being tenacious and full of faith and looking beyond the crowd, don't you ever forget what God has promised to you. Never. Don't forget what God has promised. He's promised that you'll be successful. He's promised that you'll have good relationships. You'll have trials, right? Jesus said, in this world you'll be blessed and you'll receive a hundredfold and all this with tribulation. You're going to go through stuff. You have to go through stuff. That's just part of life. We've been called to be in the fellowship of Jesus suffering. Most likely none of us are going to be crucified on a cross in our lifetime, thank God. But you've been called to go through seasons of suffering and tribulation and trial. That is normal. But in the midst of that, don't ever let it knock the ball out of your hands. How many of you are football fans? You get annoyed when your favorite team fumbles? Say, oh, man, he dropped the ball. 
don't you drop the ball just because you've been hit. Don't you drop the ball because you've been waiting. He said, man, I've waited six months. <laughs> Abraham waited 25 years to have a son. He was 75 when he started waiting and believing. He'd already waited all the years up to that point. He was my dad's age, 75. Pastor's a very nice, strong, and handsome 75. But can you imagine at 75, dad going, all right, I'm believing God for another son. What? Dad, you already got two. You got a daughter, man, and some grand, grandbabies. This guy was crazy. Abraham, one man of God years ago, he said, can you imagine people went to their tent and Abraham and Sarah are believing for a unique miracle, and then they've got a playpen set up for a baby. And people are looking at them, and they're senior citizens. But what's this? That's the baby's room. What baby? You got grandkids? You got great? You got great, great grandkids? No, we're, God's going to give me a son. These people are crazy. They were believing God. Don't you ever turn loose of the ball? Don't you ever give up or give in? Keep expecting a unique miracle. I've heard some of you say it. Get your hopes up. Get your hopes up. Some of you, man, your hopes have been dashed on the rocks. You ever seen the shore where the water's crashing against the rocks and just splashing and it's a mess? You go, man, that's, that's my hopes. No, your hopes, get them restored today. That's going to lead to you having faith again and believing again. Someone say, I want. Go ahead and raise every hand in this house. Raise your hand. Say, I want to believe again. Say, I will believe again. Say, no matter what, say, come hell or high water, I will believe. Say this, I will not let go. A unique miracle. Uh -huh. You keep believing. You don't stop believing. You're going, through, you're going through things. You say, man, I don't know. I, I don't know how. Hey, I don't know how either. You say, no, you're the, you're, you're the pastor. You're the lead pastor here in the English, so you... You've got to know how. I don't have all the answers. I just know God can. All I, all I need to tell you is I know the answer, and he takes care of everything. Recently, we had, we had an expense that was unforeseen, and, man, it bugged me. We had some, we had some maintenance, and maintenance is life. You own property, it's just life. And it, it showed up, and, man, it irritated me at first. I said, wow, we're just getting ahead in that area, and I could just hear the Lord telling me, I got this. You better hush. Really? I don't think he said shut up. He may have. I could just feel him speaking to me going, I just knew it in my spirit, man. He said, I got this. Man, within two weeks, we had a miracle show up. It actually showed up. I won't get into all the details, but the miracle showed up and took care of that. It was a $1,000 expense, and I'd put it on a credit card. I didn't want to do that. That was the last thing we wanted to do, and God paid it. We paid it off just like that. And you say, that's a simple thing. I'm, I've, I've had pain in my body for years. Don't you stop. Don't you give up. The same God. You remember like we sang this morning? He's the same God. That was a powerful song, by the way. That was a powerful worship experience. The same God. Someone say, he's the same God. Yeah, he's the same God. I'll wrap it up with this. I remember years ago. We had a friend that used to come and preach here. He was a little older than dad, quite a bit older. He was a pastor in Dallas. And dad was saying, man, God's doing debt-free things, and he's going to do this, and he's doing that, and I did this building debt-free. And the guy was showing up to preach, and he was a black man. He was one of my favorite people. He'd preach. He was so exciting to listen to. 
And he came and he got a word because dad kept saying debt-free, debt-free. And I guess the guy owned a bunch of stuff, a busing company and a church and different stuff that he owed money on. And he told the Lord, Lord, if you'll do it for that white man, you know, he, all he saw was dad's whiter than him. He said, if you'll do it for that white man, I know you're not a respecter of persons. I want to be debt-free too. And he would not give up. He wanted a unique miracle. He came back and preached about it. I'll never forget. He said, Lord, if you'll do it for that white man, you'll do it for me. You remember brother, brother Willie James, he said that. He's crazy. And he came back and said, you know what? I see God's not a respecter of person, of persons. He's made this ministry debt-free, and he's made my ministry debt-free now. And he had a fleet of buses that he did something on the side with. And he said, and all my buses are debt-free. It was like in a year or two. And God had paid it all off. You say, man, that's too big. Uh-huh. Is there anything too hard for God, Scripture asks. Is there anything? I need you to tell me if there's anything too hard for God, the one who created the universe. How are balls floating through the universe in these perfect paths around each other and revolving and orbiting and all this stuff? We're going around the sun and there's other planets around the sun and it's just perfect. Mm -hmm. Because the perfect one created it. How are we having seasons? I know you've been waiting for some more rain. Your app on your phone has been saying rain for about two weeks now. It's going to come again in Jesus' name. We're going to believe. But God brings the rain. He's the miraculous one. To me, every time it rains out here, it's a miracle. But your rain is coming. I prophesy to you today. Thus saith the Lord. Let me say it in the old King James. This is how the Lord says it. So says the King of Kings. Your miracle is on its way if you don't give up. You keep believing. You keep holding on in tenacity, and you don't get lost in the crowd. Don't think that God has forgotten you. And remember that God has not forgotten the one that you're called to. It goes both ways. Are you with me today? Go ahead and bow your heads and close your eyes, if you would, please. Expect a unique miracle. It's here. Do something a little different today. Some of you raised your hands for a miracle. You say, I need a miracle in my life, in my body. Raise your hand right where you're seated this morning. Say, I need a miracle. You raise that hand. We're going to agree today. We don't have time to ask every single one of you what your need is. If you even wanted to share it, it may be a personal need. But you need a miracle. Thank you for your, your humility. Before we pray the prayer of salvation today, like I do every Sunday, let's pray for your miracle. Let's agree right now. Hold those hands up high. Let's agree. Father, in Jesus' name. We come to you by the name of Jesus, your dear son, who made a way to you directly by the blood. I thank you that every need is met and every miracle is already on its way. It's knocking at the door even right now. I can hear it. I can hear the miracle. If it was personified and made to be a person, I can see the miracle and hear the miracle knocking at your door and at mine right now. The miracle is here. You believe. Father, I thank you for the miracle. I thank you that every spirit of the devil is bound and broken and cast out of the way. There'll be no barriers. We forgive. We will not walk in bitterness. We're not going to hold back the miracle. You have heard us now. And we believe for all these miracles in this house, whatever they are, according to your will, it is done. Miracles are on their way. And we believe in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. That same spirit of reverence, you can put your hands down. Is there anyone in this house or on the live stream at the sound of my voice that would say, Pastor Matt, I need to be made right with God. I've never accepted Jesus. I know Jesus is the way. I don't want to die and go to hell. I need to accept the Lord. 
If that's you today, raise your hand. I'm going to pray with you. You say, I've never accepted Jesus. You say, I've never done it publicly. If that's you, raise your hand and let me pray with you. Anybody in this house? Anybody in this house? Anybody on the live stream? All right, I want you to agree with me right now. Say, Heavenly Father. Say it again. Say, Heavenly Father. Say, I believe. Say, you've called me to yourself. But apart from you, I'm a sinner. Please forgive me. Cleanse me. In Jesus' name. Say, I need you, Lord. I want to be the righteousness of God. Say, I believe and I confess that Jesus is Lord. Come on, everybody. Say, Jesus is Lord. And he's my Savior. Say, I believe he died and rose again for me. In the name of Jesus, I believe in Jesus' name. Thank you for saving me, Lord, from myself and from hell. In Jesus' name.